0: Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on his 17th day. Usually, it's not really uh, a busy news cycle in sports in the middle of July, but it is today. I mean, it's such a busy cycle with uh, DeAndre Hopkins signing with Tennessee with the uh, deadlines, uh, the NFL franchise deadline occurring today, and also um, some news out of the college football realm with Jeremy Pruitt, University of Tennessee. Uh, I'll get all that. I will break down uh, the pros and the cons and the cons of this DeAndre Hopkins signing, how the Titans stack up against their biggest rival, and I think it'll be all year, Jacksonville to win the AFC South. I'll go over all of that here in just a minute, um, and I'll have a few now- quick announcements to make. Uh, I will be back in 49 seconds. I'll be back in 49 seconds here on SportsCope, and we'll hit the ground running, Carlos. Hello, SportsScope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the Cash App, the word, the Cash Sign, and Scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports. That is sports with an S, another S scope, S-K-O-P-E at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you and enjoy the program. All righty, then quick announcement. Now, tomorrow I have a recorded interview uh with childhood friend Calvin Thompson, aka Bubba. <laughs> was what we called him in the neighborhood. Uh, We'll be on tomorrow. Uh, It's about an hour long. I'm talking with Bubba and his son. Uh, He's trying to get involved in basketball and stuff. And uh, it's a lot of fun stories. Some of you know these stories. Some of you may have not have heard me talk about some of these wild stories uh, from my childhood. Uh, So that will be on tomorrow. I'm going to be working on some editing and stuff. And and like I mentioned, uh, you know, not being here Friday uh working extra shifts this is part of the sacrifice i have to pay next year's taxes i'm trying to get ahead of that uh so i won't get caught flat footed during the football season and i won't have to miss any time uh this is just part of it when you don't have the bankroll to to do a venture like this everything is on what business people say bootstrapping uh and and wednesday wednesday rich ferris i'll be back uh Talk a little SEC media day. Didn't even get to that today. That's how busy the news cycle is. But I'll talk a little bit of that Wednesday. And I'll get Rich Ferris. He works with the Tennessee Titans flagship. Get his breakdown of this DeAndre Hopkins sign. And I really thought he was going to New England. Uh, or maybe a uh, Kansas City or Buffalo could sneak in there. But let's hit this ground running here, folks. Uh, all right. Now. Okay, biggest news of the day, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, signs with Tennessee Titans, two-year, $26 million. Uh, took me, I mean, hey, I'm, this is no exaggeration, hours of research, scanning the internet, going through sports story after sports story, uh, writer after writer. Uh, he was uh, two years, $26 million, about $13 million average the specific numbers of dead cap and all that stuff through spot track has not came out yet. That has not came out yet. I did read that this contract, however, is backloaded until next year, which is huge. Titans have about $8 million in cap space. My my guess is they're probably going to be out about five of that on this particular signing of DeAndre Hopkins. I brought Rich Ferris on last time. He mentioned that the Titans have about $100 plus in 2024 in cap space. Okay? In cap space. So I knew that they could pull off something. I knew. And I told you that. Carlos says we called it. Yeah. I knew that they uh, could could pull off something financially. Uh, When there's a will, there's a way. Uh, I've I've been following this game for 20-something years. Uh, I've been watching it for 30, and you read a lot of this stuff because this is what I like to do, folks. I would like to read up on this stuff. And I've seen teams that look like they were busted on the cap and they make things happen when they want it bad enough. I don't know if the owner pressed for DeAndre Hopkins. Did Mike Vrabel press for DeAndre Hopkins? Is it something – uh, in between, remember, Mike Vrabel used to coach DeAndre Hopkins, uh, worked with him on the team at Houston. So, okay, now, giving you the pros and cons. I'm not a cheerleader, folks. I call it like I see it. I'm not a naysayer, a doomsdayer, like a former writer for the Titans. I think he still works uh, somewhat independent or throughout kick. This guy, Paul Kaharski, uh, I think he's more of a naysayer, a doomsday guy. That's not my style, either. But I either, but I'm not a PR guy either. Both I try to call right down the middle, balls and strikes as I see these things coming along. I made this note today, uh, about Hopkins. First, uh, you know he he, he played uh, ten games and nine games over the past two season. There's some over the past two seasons. There's some context to this. He was suspended. Last year, for six games for PEDs, and he also uh, he was a healthy scratch. Now, this is part of the con here. Uh, there was some irritation among the uh, the brass and some of the players with the Arizona Cardinals. From what I'm reading, from what I'm reading, that he did not he did he he was healthy and did not simply want to play those last two games. Yes, they were meaningless. Uh, so. He, he is a little bit healthier than we may think for a guy coming up on 30 years old, going to be 31 this year. He's still got plenty left in the tank. Listen, I've got some pros here, too, but I'm just trying to give you the whole, the whole uh, uh, situation, the whole player from what I've researched, and I'll give you my opinion based on this. So, again, first, uh, you know, he's played – Nine games and 10 games the last two uh, years, uh, he averages seven catches a game, 717 yards. That's pretty good coming to a team that was practically dead last in total offense last year, close to last 29th, I want to say. And uh, there's also reports this rubbed the Arizona Cardinals the wrong way. They, paid, they made a big trade for him with Houston a few years back, and they paid this guy a lot of money, okay? Uh, there's there's rumors by three reporters, two ESPN, one at, uh, at Athletic report that he does not like the practice uh, <laughs> practice. Yeah, remember Al, Alan Iverson, Core, if you out there. Not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Well, that can be an issue if you're trying to develop timing here. All right, it can be an issue if you're trying to develop timing. So I know a, a lot of you out of Nashville are thinking. Is this another Julio Jones thing? Uh, the Titans have had a history of getting players past their prime, particularly at the wide receiver position. Andre Johnson, I knew he was past his prime. Uh, Randy Moss was cut and claimed. Couldn't catch a cold here in Nashville. He was way past his prime. I want to say Yancey Thinkpen, uh, Carl Pickens, all these guys, once great at one time. I do not think that that's a situation here. I'm going to compare. Okay, here's a breakdown of Hopkins, who's right at the same age that Tennessee acquired Julio Jones for a second-round pick back in 2021. Listen to these numbers, and again, let me give you context, not just wild hot takes, okay? Here we go. Here we go. All right. Andre Hopkins, washed up or... Or is he a diamond in rough? Julio Jones, his last two years at Atlanta before he came to the Titans, seventy-five catches before going to Tennessee. He averaged a hundred or a thousand eighty-two yards. Played twenty-four games. That's Julio. Comparably to Hopkins, who the Titans acquired. Now they didn't trade for him, which is good. They just acquired him in free agency. Hopkins, uh, you know, again. Suspended for six games. So, technically, he played 19 games. Uh, I mentioned the two he set out. Uh, he, he had 53 catches, and, and uh, forty five yards on an average. I mentioned the fact that he averaged seven catches a game. There's a caveat to this. There is, all right, arguably. Uh, so, yeah, averages 53 catches the last two seasons, 645 yards. Julio, big knock on him. He had a nagging hamstring injury that lasted throughout tennis, through, through, his last Atlanta days throughout his Tennessee days. He rarely practiced either in Atlanta towards the end. And uh, Tennessee, it really caught up with him. The hamstring caught up with him. He was a total disappointment, 30, um, God, he had like 30 catches the whole season, right? Uh, really big disappointment. Titans way overpaid. Uh, yes, nope. Hopkins numbers would be better. Here's the caveat. He played under four. He caught the ball under four quarterbacks, four quarterbacks. Remember, uh, Kyler Murray tore his ACL. You've had Colt McCoy, some guy named David blah, and uh, Trace McSorley. Uh, these guys are, uh, I don't even know if these guys are legit backups. They are scout team guys. He caught balls from all of those. Also, ESPN stats and information put out from Turin Davenport, another reporter for ESPN, one that didn't get laid off, uh, put this out uh, that covers the Titans nationally. He said, listen, the guy had 95 targets, okay, and only one drop. He's got sticky fingers, man. This dude's got sticky fingers. He can get open. Uh, so th- there is a lot to be, uh, uh, yeah, mediocre quarterbacks pickle, mediocre, uh, quarterbacks here. And, you know, one drop in 95 attempts, that's pretty good, Carlos. I'm telling you, that's really good. That's really good. So, as far as that is concerned, I do not think this is a Julio Jones situation. Uh, I, I do not think this is a, uh, uh, Actually, I do think it's about money. I, I think Tennessee offered him the most. The cult, the the Patriots didn't offer him that. Uh, Bills in Kansas City, they simply couldn't put back enough money in Kansas City to get him there. Uh, the Bills, I think, I think that Stephon Diggs didn't want him there. I think Stephon Diggs is going to be a bigger problem, and uh, he didn't want him with Buffalo, and that's that's the issue with Buffalo. Okay, uh, but the, that that being said, he's a two year player. All right. Uh, he has shown evidence of being a diva receiver, not wanting to practice, blowing off the last two games. I played a hard Knocks soundbite with you all last year when they were on hard knocks in season last year where Kyler Murray's saying, I'll get you the ball, man. I'll get you the ball because he's hollering about getting the ball and the mics picked that up towards the end of the season. Uh, he's good for about two years. That's all you want to do with these divas. He's a D. He's showing some tendencies He's post 30. This is, this may be a one year and done type of situation. All right. So now $64,000 question. I know all of you're thinking this. I know what you're thinking, huh? From the most influential sports talk show in the country. Don't you forget it. Uh, How do the Titans stack up after signing him? Okay. I mentioned the catch radius last season, not playing because of choice again. I do not think it was a Julio situation, but this is the key. This is the key. The Titans last year ranked 32nd in offensive line. They lost uh, their center, Ben Jones, who's no longer on the team. Uh, multiple head injuries, uh, concussion and all that stuff. Taylor LeJuan, uh, he got hurt in the second game in the Buffalo game. He never returned. And I mentioned Roger Saffold; They lost him in free agency from the 2021 season, playing with Buffalo, even though he didn't play that great. They did lose those guys, okay? Now, here's my thing. Uh, the biggest the, their, their biggest foe, they stepped up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? Uh, so you got to look at Jacksonville here, and you got to think to yourself, okay, well, look at Jacksonville, the way they played last year. Jacksonville – Was three and seven, at uh, after week ten. Okay, after their bye week, they win uh, from week twelve to week seventeen. They they uh, win every game except that forty to fourteen loss at Detroit. Beating teams like Baltimore, Tennessee, Dallas at home in overtime. Blew that game. Dallas did. They beat uh, at at the Jets on a Thursday night game. Short week at Houston, thirty one to three. And then they beat Tennessee twice in the regular season. I mentioned those offensive line injuries, that crippled offensive line that they had last year. Talking about the Titans, let's break those games down from Jacksonville. They beat Tennessee in week uh, back in uh, December the 11th at Tennessee, 36 to 22. You said, well, Jacksonville totally dominated these guys. Not so fast here, uh, Titans. Multiple turnovers in that game, three fumbles and one interception. Watched every play of that game, mainly because of guys like Derrick Henry trying to do too much. Because he knew, he knew at that point, Titans got the worst offensive line in the in the league. He knew that he was trying to do too much. Uh, uh, Tannehill rushing the ball, trying to do too much. And a lot of those four turnovers turned into points. Obviously, they win uh, 36-22 blowout there here in Nashville. It wasn't like they lined up and both teams played a clean game and they dominated Tennessee from the start to the finish. That was not the case. It was the case against the Eagles now. It was the case against the Eagles. But it was not the case against Jacksonville. And that's the team they had to get past to win, to beat. Uh, Then you say, what about the last game in the uh, very last game of the season? uh, Different game, practically same story. This was on January 7th. Remember that Saturday night football game? Tennessee with a third-string quarterback in Josh Dobbs, uh, signed off of uh, a practice squad guy a couple weeks prior to that. He comes in in Jacksonville, plays a decent game, and towards the end, strip, sack, fumble, touchdown, all because that offensive line was horrible, horrible. It was both on the same thing, the offensive line. And they still almost beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there, there is there is not even a little bit, not even a little bit of hesitation when it comes to Tennessee versus this Jacksonville game. Now, I did read this today. NFL rookie watch says Trevor Lawrence – is reportedly thought to be a potential top-five passer by the end of the season. Uh, by one coordinator, uh, Lawrence was recently voted as the eighth-best quarterback in the NFL by executive scouts and coaches in an ESPN survey. One coordinator said Lawrence finally looked like the player that was promised in the draft. Many scouts also report believe Lawrence has a shot of winning MVP next year. Here's my issue with that, okay? Okay. Here's my issue with that. They're a team, their left tackle, their left tackle, suspended the first four games. One of those games against Kansas City. All right? Uh, Cam Robertson's going to be suspended. Their starting right tackle, uh, Juwan, uh, that was Cam Robertson, just Jawan Taylor, they lost him in free agency uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City spent a lot of money on that right tackle. Now, here's what that I'm more concerned about for Tennessee other than Hopkins, all right? These are the guys. If these three players play to their billing, Tennessee has more than a a puncher's chance of beating uh, this Jacksonville Jaguar team, all right? They acquired Daniel Brunskill, uh, right guard from the San Francisco 49ers, Ron Carthon, Tennessee's general manager, There's a connection there. He knows every up and down. He knows this guy forwards, backwards, and sideways, okay? Very good signing there, I think. I think. Also, they signed uh, Andre Dillard at left tackle. Can this guy hold up, okay? Uh, He couldn't make the squad, but that's the best offensive line in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles, Andre Dillard as of today, listed as the left tackle. And they drafted arguably, this is not my opinion, this is NFL scouts that I've read about, uh, Peter uh, uh, Scenorsi, he's at guard. He's at left guard, but he can play tackle. He can play both tackles. He can play any position on the on the line at the 11th pick. And, of course, they've got Nicholas Petit-Farid, the right tackle that played 16 games last year, he suspended, he suspended for the first six games for betting on non football on the, uh, um, uh, on a a NFL uh, facility. That was kind of a technicality. I've talked about that the other day when I had my guest, Jeremy Ballrich from uh, uh, Detroit Lions got, got his Lions podcast on. So, I just mentioned those three players, okay? If those three players, and I mentioned these first six games, not because those are the suspended games of Nicholas uh, Farid, the right tackle they drafted, second-year player, that's a big deal, but because these first six games for Tennessee are very tough. Murder's roll type of six games, all right? They're playing at, the, the New Orleans Saints. That team favored to win their division with Derek Carr. They could go down there and beat them. They could go down there and beat them. I have less uh, faith now because of free suspension. I actually picked them to win before the suspension. It depends on what the backup does. All right. Then they play at home against the L.A. Chargers. That team I picked to have the best record the AFC and win the AFC West. They also have a potential NFL MVP in Justin Herbert there. That's in week two for the Tennessee. That's a very rough game. At Cleveland, uh, that you're playing against Deshaun Watson, uh, one of the highest QBRs in the team, in the league there, they could potentially go 0-3 there. That offensive line, that roster, that much better an improved run defense. Now, of course, Jim Schwartz will open up something in the passing game. Having DeAndre Hopkins is really going against Schwartz, uh, former Titans uh, uh, coordinator, going against former Houston Texan with a former Houston Texan assistant, Mike Vrabel versus Deshaun Watson at Cleveland. That'll be an interesting game. I don't think they can win that game, honestly. Right now, I don't think they can win it even with Hopkins on there. Then they got to come back in week 4 and play Cincinnati. Here's some positive news about that. Cincinnati Pickles, they play the Rams on a Monday night before they play Tennessee. So they're going to be a tick off. Then they got to go on the road and play at Tennessee. Tennessee could potentially steal that game from uh the Super Bowl contender and probably the favorite by most in Cincinnati. All right? And then they got to go overseas and play the Ravens and Europe somewhere, all right? So you asked me, what about these games? Could they, I, 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 I forgot the Colts. So I think they've definitely beat the Colts. The Colts, are they're probably going to go in, in week five. They're going to go with Anthony Richardson. They'll probably beat the Colts. They'll be okay. Uh, and plus, you know, listen, CJ Stroud's probably ch- playing for Houston. So I'm not really worried about, Houston, or the Indianapolis Colts if I'm a Titans fan, all right? I'm just worried about Jacksonville, just worried about Jacksonville. But you've got six games here. One, I think most likely can win the Colts, but it's on the road. And I do think they have a shot at Cincinnati because the way they're playing, and they definitely have a shot in the opener against the Saints because they are breaking in a new quarterback, and they're trying to get the timing down and everything. They could upset the Saints there. They could very well do that. If they do, they they have a more than a puncher's chance, more than a puncher's chance to win the AFC South, okay? And I'm comparing it to this Jacksonville schedule. Jacksonville at Indy on week one, probably going to be favored there, probably going to be okay. They got Kansas City at home. I think they'll probably lose that game in week two. Uh, Week three, they got Houston at home. Houston went down there and beat them last year. Not this time. I think think they'll probably win. Uh, Then they've got Atlanta overseas as well. Uh, Same thing, two London, two European games back-to-back. They'll lose one of them. Uh, I think they'll lose Kansas City. They'll lose that Atlanta-Buffalo. One of those games, if not both, probably just one that's being played uh, in Europe back-to-back. That was terrible scheduling by the NFL. Shame on the NFL. Then in week seven at the Saints, and then at Pittsburgh in week eight, uh, they could potentially, uh, you know, uh, lose four games. They could be four and four after week eight. You say, why are you saying all this? Okay, I'm saying this because if Tennessee's three and three, and even if they're five uh, five and three after eight games, because I, I say eight because that, that's when their bye week is, comes up for Jacksonville, and Tennessee hasn't played them yet, okay? And now Tennessee doesn't play these guys to week 11 head to head. That's after their uh, uh, they play San Francisco off their bye week at home. They'll probably beat Frisco there, but then they got to play Tennessee. Maybe San Francisco roughs them up, and Tennessee beats them at home in week uh, eleven. Then you got to look down and say, okay, they also play down the stretch, week thirteen, uh, Cincinnati short week at Cleveland. I think they lose that Cleveland game. They also play Baltimore Sunday night game. Uh, I mean, they play at Tampa, and then. Carolina at home, and then at Tennessee to end the season on the seventh this year. So Tennessee gets the last game here. Could that come down to the division? Absolutely. I just read how great everybody's talking about how great Trevor Lawrence is, but when your left tackle suspended early and your right tackle's moved on, uh, they just signed Evan Ingram to a a three-year extension there. Uh, Could he be hurting – and 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 because he's kind of a lanky guy, in Trevor Lawrence, kind of a long strider, there's a chance that he could be dinged up by week five uh, and be dealing with an injury. The way he plays, I don't even know who their backup is. That's not good when you got a when you got a, a, a and they got somewhat. A, I, I kind of I blame Doug Peterson, and I think his name is Trent Balky for that. So the, the, the this Jacksonville team is not world beaters by no means. They look great on paper. They got Calvin Ridley. Uh, they Again, they just signed, uh, you know, I like Christian Kirk there at wide receiver. But now you're looking at a team like a Tennessee here that has a Kwanku, a very promising tight end, emerged last year at the end. Nobody's talking about him. Kyle Phillips, uh, now he can play slot. He can be the three or the four. Uh, this guy's a really good route runner, fast guy, second-year player. Trayvon Burks, my prediction is he'll end up being the number one receiver towards this is over with. I think it's listed as putting Hopkins as the outside guy, but I think Hopkins will will take some shots in slot here. And we'll see how that plays out. And I like Tajay Sharp at running back. Obviously, Derrick Henry. So the key is, you asked me, okay, yeah, they they paid. They found a way to get DeAndre Hopkins. They got a five-time Pro Bowler. Still got something left in his tank. Coming off of a bad uh, couple seasons there with the Arizona Cardinal team. You asked me, who would you rather have since you know the Titans are willing to spend that money? I would wish they would have took. This guard in free agency back in March, this guy named Ben Powers, he was one of the best free agent offensive linemen in the drought in the free agency, excuse me. He ends up signing with the Denver Broncos. I was kind of hoping the Titans would have got him still drafted Sonorsky so they can move Sonorsky around the other side. And then you got both guard positions taken care of and potential tackle fill-in because Tennessee plays such a physical. Brand of football. But I'll say this all that being said, I still think they're better today than they were yesterday. Uh, it just depends on those three linemen I just mentioned. Again, the free agent left tackle they signed from uh, Philadelphia, uh, Andre Dillard, the uh, Daniel Brunskill, the guard from uh, the 49ers, and of course, the big one here. And I've seen some of his uh uh mini camps and stuff and he's blowing people off the line of scrimmage and he's a pretty light uh mini camps here but he looks really good kind of reminds me of a Quentin Nelson uh and that's Sonorski. if he gets hurt they're probably in bad shape here Torin Davenport said maybe they go after Noah Fant. uh we'll see what happens I think this ups the enthusiasm of the fan base uh I, I, I think this it, this takes some of the pressure off of a Ron Tannehill because you, you, you can't have guys hugging up on the line of scrimmage. They do have a new offensive coordinator here. Uh, so there's a lot of upside here, but there's a lot of question marks also. You say, well, what, 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 what would you want this offensive line to be? Okay, that's a good question. My thing is the offensive line, if it's according to Pro Football Focus, it's 32nd last year. That's dead last. Say if they get around 17th or 16th, if they get around 17th or 16th, there's more than a good chance, more than a good chance they win this division. They don't have to be Philadelphia's offensive line or Dallas's offensive line. They don't have to be that good. They don't have to be Kansas City a few years ago. They don't have to be that good. If they can be mid, mid-level, mid-level, uh, middle of the road, maybe even 17th, I'll even go. I'll go as far as 17th. And you give Ron Tannehill 3.5 seconds to throw uh with that running game, this experience. This team can win. They can get in the playoffs and go all the way. Why? Because they've been there before. All right. They've been the AFC championship game with Derrick Henry and Ron Tannehill. Uh, they've been the AFC championship game with this coaching staff. They have a uh season secondary. By the way, Kevin Byard? The uh, NFL rank, I think it was Madden. Uh, he's one of the higher ranking uh, safeties in the game. DeAndre Hopkins still rated really high, according to Madden, uh, as well. He's rated higher than DJ Moore. Now, that may be a misconception, misconstrued, okay? But this front seven, they're going to have Harold Landry back. I didn't mention that he was their best pass rusher in 2021. He tore his ACL in September last year, just before the week the season started. He's supposed to be back, supposed to be back 100%. Supposedly, that was over a year ago. He should be okay, all right? They signed Jeffrey Simmons to an extension. One of the better tackles in the game, defensive tackle there. Uh, you've got that young secondary there with McCory, I know Farley's kind of if in that, and Bayard and, and, and Imani Hooker. Those are two veteran veteran safeties there. Uh, They're going to have a second-year guy, McCrory. He's the guy from the uh, uh, Auburn Tigers there, the second-year player out of Auburn, was getting better towards the end of the season. You don't have to have an all-world secondary to win a Super Bowl. The Chiefs approved that. Uh, The Patriots never really had an all-world secondary. They had some good players over the years. It's never been all-world. They usually have one or two good players, but everybody else is really well coached and in place here. Okay, so... Uh, very good front seven. Tennessee going to be very good, very good run defense, probably one of the top five, if not number one overall. You're going to have to throw to beat Tennessee. They got a good pass rusher, so they're going to be good. Remember, this team took the Chiefs in the overtime, the champions eventually, uh, on a Monday night at Kansas City and almost beat them with a guy like Malik Willis, who's also had a good count. OK, so there is a lot of good that you can look at Tennessee and say that was like a like a B12 shot to the fan base and it's to all the players uh, on the team. OK, and, and and if it worst case scenario, this thing doesn't work out, you know, it's just the next year. They'll be done with him. They can cut him. They'll still have plenty of cap room. They're going to have over 100 million next year. All right. Now. Carlos says the terrible NFC South is a big mess. Yes, I think Tampa is going to be one of the worst teams in the league down when they're with Arizona, uh, Hopkins' is former team. Uh, Carlos says the AFC South is just two teams. Yeah, it's all about Jacksonville, and it's all about uh, Tennessee. When when you're, the owner of the Colts say, well, I want to see Richardson go out and play, Richardson's going to go out and play, and he's the first-year player out of, out of – and of course, Stroud, I mean, they don't really, I mean, what did the what did the starter really do in Houston? So I think Stroud's going to play early and often within the first five games, if not start week one for the Texans. All right. Uh Car- Chad says I agree with Carlos for sure. But uh Burks should benefit from Hopkins. Yeah, Hopkins can move into the slot. Burks will be, my prediction, Burks will be number one receiver. I saw the talent last year. His weight's way down. He's very motivated. He does remind me of A.J. Brown. Uh, Pending something crazy like another concussion or something, I think he'll eventually be the number one receiver for Tennessee. I I, I saw something in him towards the very end of the season last year. They're going to scheme to get this guy open, and it's going to help Hopkins like nobody's business. Yeah, Jackson will need to pass for Tex versus uh, Simmons. Pickle says, yes, Jacksonville is – they're not as in good a shape as people say they are. When you don't got that protection up front, uh, we saw last year with Tennessee. They were seven and three and lost every game. And then they, they lost seven straight last year because they kept having more and more injuries to the offensive line. It really fell off when, when Ben Jones went down. Um Carlos says the more getting Hopkins helps Burris. Yep. Yep. And the obvious Titans. Line. It's all about the. It's all about the offensive line. Everything again. If I had my choice, or Hopkins, or the guard Ben Powers, I would have took Ben Powers. But that's just me. Uh, I've read that stat. Teams that spend money on the offensive line uh, go far. They go far. Well, Philadelphia most money on the offensive line is in the Super Bowl last year. Hurts is a decent quarterback. Uh, he he's not considered great. He is definitely not considered a great team. So. Uh, you got to look at how this team's going to hold up the first six games. Can Tannehill stay healthy? It's going to be shaky that offensive line going against guys like Miles Garrett in those first six games. That is the sixty-four thousand dollar question, and I do not have the answer because I haven't seen enough of these players up front. My gut tells me they're going to be better than they were last year. They couldn't be any worse than they did last last year, you know. But if they are worse, I mean you could get Tannehill killed. And then you're then it's a battle of uh everything I'm reading, Malik Willis is having a very good camp. He actually may beat out, he may beat out Will Levis for that starting quarterback position. Yeah. And Kyle uh Kerry says, Chad says if play if collins better, proper distribution is key. How many targets? I... That's true. Uh so his average was seven. Uh, seven catches, which means he was having about eight targets a game. I think he, he'll he get anywhere from uh, six to nine targets. I don't think he's going to get over 10 because of Burks, because of Tennessee's running game and focus on the running game physicality. don't think that's going to be the case. That doesn't mean he can't be productive. The guy had one drop last one drop out of 96 uh, uh, targets there. So his guy's really good. He's got good hands, man. Catch-up ball in open space. A uh, lot there to be seen here. Okay. All right. So we shall see a Saki. All righty then. I mentioned Evan Ingram earlier. Uh, today was deadline day. Uh, today was deadline, deadline day for the franchise tag. Uh, who are we talking about here? Players that got franchised that did not sign. Some did. Tony Ballard signed it. That no deal was done. The Dallas Cowboy running back called that one, said, listen, he backed up. He's got a hurt ankle, for one thing. And also that uh, uh, he, he's backed up Zeke Elliott for for years now, and he's outplayed Zeke Elliott. Uh, he's happy to get his $10 million franchise tag. He signed uh, his franchise tag. He's going to play on that. No long-term deal there, all right? Let's go back to Evan Ingram. Uh tight in there. Evan uh, took a one-year prove-it contract, blew it out the water. I mean, dude just went off last year with Jacksonville. Uh, 74 catches, four touchdowns as a tight end. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. It tells you a good system around a, around a player can make a big difference, plus a much more talented Trevor Lawrence over a Daniel Jones or whoever the other bleak they put in there at quarterback with that giant team so uh he's got a three-year deal uh so he's there locked up for three wheels saquon barkley all right now saquon barkley josh uh jacobs uh for the raiders did not sign all right and he's saying it is what it is he tweets that out today and uh this nfl insider who's still with the esp another guy that that, that missed the layoffs here this matt miller he, uh, he's listed as an NFL scout, works with ESPN. He put out an interesting little, um, quote here, tweet, whatever you want to call it. As Soon as I can find it. Okay, here we go. He says, Matt Miller, and this really ticked off a lot of the running backs here. He says, draft a running back, play the running back. If he's good, franchise the running back one time, then draft a running back. That's all he put, and that just set off people like Derrick Henry says, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. The ones that want to be great and work hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting, forget what they deserve. Uh, uh, That was Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans' Derrick Henry, because Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley did not sign. Austin Eckler, who asked to be traded, uh, wasn't changed his mind, went on and did a restructure uh, for the uh, L.A. Chargers, says, this is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, yet like we are discardable uh, widgets, I support running back, whatever he takes to bang. And it's funny, they all say that, And then you got a guy who did sit out a season, Le'Veon Bell, and he says this, don't try to get happier and happy, right? This is what Le'Veon Bell says. I apologize. I should have never left. Le'Veon Bell apologizing to the Steeler fans for sitting out and leaving in 2019. Uh, He was never the same after that. And he, he lost all that money there sit out on the entire season. There are reports that Saquon Barkley may sit out games and that's dangerous because you can get hurt. I know Edmund Smith 30 years ago, dodged a big bullet there, missed the first two games. Dallas Cowboys go, uh, that was 30 years ago this season. Uh, Dallas Cowboys go 0-2. Jim Jeffcoat, which is in that locker room. I want to ask Jim about this, but, uh, Jimmy Johnson Pickles in his book said that then Charles Haley threw a helmet at Jerry Jones and said, pay the man. And he threw a helmet at Jerry Jones talking about Edmund Smith. Uh, that, was the first, that was the last year before the cap actually hit. So he technically could have gave him a huge bonus there and paid him. But eventually they got him squared away. The rest is history. They went on to win the Super Bowl after starting off 0-2 in 1993. But as I said, as I said a few months ago, talking about this, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley and my giant fans don't want to hear this. He is the most overrated running back drafted since the last number two overall running back. uh, That was very similar to him and Reggie Bush. You know, Bush comes out, uh, Heisman Trophy guy, uh, big school, comes out of USC like a Saquon Barkley didn't have that level of height, but he did come out of Penn State. Barkley comes out of Penn State, both number two overall. And I mentioned the other guys. Uh, I mentioned the fact that uh, uh, Nick Chubb, don't get me on this line BS. He, Nick Chubb drafted in the same class, a better running back, has already signed his extension, playing pretty well still with the Cleveland Browns here. The Cleveland's one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the NFL. Barkley goes to one of the most historically good franchises in NFL. I know they, they've had some rough patches, the Giants, lately, but Chubb drafted in the same class, much uh, a better, a much more durable player, a better player, in my opinion, than a Saquon Barkley, uh, not to mention that Jack players like Josh Allen, Quentin Nelson, Jar Alexander, Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, Lamar Jackson, all drafted after Saquon Barkley Giants fans. All those players. Those are pretty good players. You got Lamar Jackson, second contract, Josh Allen, very good player drafted. And listen, the guy's overrated, and he's talking about sitting out games. Again, I would try to work out a trade and go out and get a Dalvin Cook uh there's still time even if you've got to settle for a cream hunt who's also still out there that's what i would do he's a very over, it's nothing personal she's a nice guy he's a stand he's a workout warrior and all that stuff when it comes down to straight up production he's just not that good and as far as your 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 other running backs in nfl saying uh, um, you know you know, work hard, blah, blah, blah. We we don't deserve this. You're getting $10 million in a franchise tag, and you act like you're at the welfare line, all right? You are what somebody's willing to pay you. It makes me think about people talking about the Indianapolis Colts who lost Cedric and James because of money in free agency. They draft us a, a draft pick out of LSU in the first or second round, a guy named Joseph Adai. What do you know? The next year, 2006, 2007, the Colts win the Super Bowl against the Chicago Bears with Joseph Adai. You can make it without the running back. You know, you can make it without the running back. You don't have to have a terrible running back. You don't have to get crazy cheap like Mike Shanahan would and get one in the later, later rounds and undrafted guys, although I think Terrell Davis was undrafted, had a 2,000-yard season, but you can find a competent running back in the draft. Uh, second round, third round, fourth round. You could find them there. Uh, and I'm okay with drafting one late in the first round or second round. Okay. But you do not have to re sign them, period. You don't even have to give them the franchise. I know Titans dodged a bullet when they re sign Henry, who's up next year, by the way. Uh, I'd probably let him walk. I like what the guy's done, but I'm not a public relations person. If I'm a running back, you save your money. And and do what you got to do. Go play defense, or if you're tall enough, go play receiver. That's called the the changing of the sport. Maybe teams get bigger and they go back to the running game, and then and then it comes back and they're big like they were in the '80s and '90s, with your Walter Paytons, your Barry Sanders, and Edmund Smith. Maybe, but right now, that's not the case. That is simply not the case. Okay, a lot of new comments here. <laughs> Pickle says, fourth and goal on the two. I love I, – Pickle says, i take Josh Jacobs over Barkley, you know. And, Carlos, I'm going to make sure we work uh, – We we'll bring you on Friday. He says, Saquon on off the Giants team, going to be eight and nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think so because they paid Daniel Jones. They overpaid for Jones, okay? They overpaid for Daniel Jones. A lot of that was smoke and mirrors. <laughs> kind of reminds me of Mitch Trubisky. Uh, when when they won the division, uh, uh, the Bears did the first year, his second year. Then then it wasn't so much. They didn't they didn't win any. The Bears did afterwards, and they moved off to Trubisky. So I don't think the ball can pull a rabbit out of his hat with or without Saquon. I don't think the Giants make the playoffs this year. Uh, uh, I don't think they make it. I, I don't think teams like Minnesota is going to make it. Uh, I just don't see that. Uh, I think Dallas is still very good, contrary to what everybody else says. And uh, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Seattle, uh, those teams are really good. Very good. Uh, Obviously, somebody's got to win the North. I'm real real high on Detroit. And your wild card, that last wild card, that's a $64,000 question. I mean, I, I don't know. that. Could that be Atlanta? Could it be Carolina? Uh, there's a possibility there. But I just don't think the Giants are going to be that team this year. All righty then. Woo, man, is that a mouthful. Man, that's good sports talk, guys. Man, you know, uh, Brother Callaway, a preacher, I used to go to his church here. Uh, uh, Carlos says you can't just hang your hat on a solid defense. Yeah, you can't just play defense and and hold your breath. I mean, the Titans have been doing that for years. Have to be aggressive, you have to score. Going back to Hopkins here, they're going to be much better offensively. Three new offensive linemen. They might, I think they've drafted some other ones in the later, later rounds. And of course, they also got a, a pretty big name for uh uh wide receiver there, and they bought another quarterback in there to push Tannehill to play even better because once he sits down, I remember Bill Parcells used to say. He told Curtis Martin, and he said, "If you step out of that huddle, you never know who's going to step in. You may not get back in that huddle." And and Curtis Martin, you know, he, he took that he took that to heart, folks. Okay. Alrighty then. I did get a chance to talk to talk about. uh do have some time here. Okay, now. Switching to the college game, I understand SEC media days right here in Nashville, right down the road from where I live at. I will be talking that Wednesday. Tomorrow, really good interview with childhood friend and his son, Calvin. Funny stories. Make sure to tune in to that recorded interview I did on Sunday with good friend Calvin there and his son, Bubba Jr. Okay, now, uh, Tennessee, the Titans – uh, the Tennessee Vols uh, football program. I thought they fired Jeremy Pruitt because of uh, he was 16 and 19 in the last two years. Never really cared for the guy. He was kind of a last-minute hire. He was like the fifth choice. Okay, a uh, lot of lot lot of issues there. Uh, they played hard for him at times. He was supposed to be an air quote good recruiter. I was never really impressed with his recruiting. Did a decent job with the offensive line. That was about it. Uh, But uh, they was uh, came out in this investigation that the Titan, that that the balls, excuse me, the balls played uh, Darnell Washington, who later went on to play for the uh, two-time national championship Georgia Bulldogs, and ultimately getting drafted, uh, I want third or fourth round to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that came out in this investigation. He's got a six-year show calls. Tennessee's been fined $8 million. They vacated those wins, which I don't really care. None of the fans really do either. For the last two years that he coached, that 16-19 and 19, uh, record there, under five hundred, Cheated like crazy, and he still couldn't win. Still couldn't win. You know, I didn't like how he was grabbing players on the sideline. He's very uh, Woody Hayes-like. Uh, Woody Hayes, his career ended. He's in all the old timers. No, he punched a, a Clemson player. He used to be a former Ohio State coach. This guy punched a Clemson player on the sideline last game he ever coached, Woody Hayes. Uh, so this guy's borderline Woody Hayes. uh, He'll probably come back as an assistant, a coordinator somewhere, but he's got a show calls, which is like, I, try, I looked and looked and I was trying to say, what does the NCAA show calls mean? That is a very strict house arrest type of NCAA probation that they put him on. And whatever or team he goes to, whatever organization, he should probably go to maybe a semi-pro or something, USFL for next five years. Maybe he comes back, is an assistant in one of these college. He's still going to have eyes on him, though. Uh, I don't think whoever he goes to, uh, they have to report to the NCAA. He's going to be watched like a hawk. He's going to be checked out from butthole to appetite, like my dad would say. Very funny uh, uh, way of words here. But I still think that Tennessee not getting a bowl ban in the future. Uh, they come out like a bandit. They gladly paid the $8 billion. They gladly uh, fired Pruitt with calls there. And I, I think they're uh, – I don't know if that's over with or not. But either way, good call by the organization. Thought it was – mainly uh, uh, wins and losses. It was more to that from Tennessee. Tennessee has uh, been known to be shady. You know, got to call it like you see it. Remember, uh, Bruce Pearl got a show calls there, the former basketball coach in Knoxville, for lying about taking a recruit to a picnic and telling telling the parents to lie. I love Bruce Pearl, but he did. Uh, uh, you know, he did get Tennessee in, in a little bit of trouble there, to say the least. You know, it goes to show you how competitive, really competitive that that the SEC, and this is only going to get worse. Now that you have NIL, now that you have Oklahoma and Texas, that being said, it's going to be great for the game. With high uh, uh, amounts of money, $75 million contract for Jimbo Fisher, who was interviewed today and said he's not sure if he's going to give up play calling duty to his new offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino. Uh, you know, big, big expectations are going to come out of that, you know. And the pressure gets to some coaches, and they want to cheat. They want to cheat, man. They want that high life. They want those big checks. They want to be able to buy property. Uh, they, they, they want to have these big, nice cars, you know. And and flashy and and, and they, they want to suit their ego. So when you got 20 million people watching Oklahoma, Ohio State, and uh that, that, that that's better than any NBA game last year. Ohio State and, and Georgia and the semifinal. I found that out a few weeks ago. So it, it's uh uh it's a growing game, it's only gonna get bigger, it's gonna rival the NFL, it's gonna pass the NFL. NFL's got better players, it's better product uh much more more well run uh i mean for example you had 49 million people watch dallas and san francisco in the playoffs last uh this past year you had 115 plus watch the super bowl now a lot of that was watching Brianna and 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 her thing but uh you, you average 100 million plus watching the super bowl uh people looking forward to the commercials those high dollar commercials uh, but, you know, uh, big time college football is it, it, big time. You know, it really is. And uh, it, it Pickle says it, it's a big business, man. Uh, you got billions of dollars coming in. Uh, I couldn't even get a ticket to the SEC media day. Uh, there was too much of a, a demand there. They asked me about my social media and all that. I thought, yeah, I don't really have that kind of level of follow, followers or whatnot. I mean, I'm not CBS radio. I'm not ESPN or nobody like that. Then I thought, you know what? I don't really want to go down there anyways because I'm going to be missing a day of work from my day job, and I'm trying to make that money up. Uh, I'll just use sound, so it'll be okay. But Carlos, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the uh, and then the, of course they, Tennessee goes out and hires Josh Heupel. Um, did not think he was a good hire. There's no proof. Uh, was it UCF or whatever? That he was going to be a great coach as a coach, he was a good quarterback in college. He won a Heisman Trophy one uh, back in two thousand with um, Oklahoma per se. Uh, Joyce Heupel did, but but he didn't. He was not impressed. With, I was not absolutely whatsoever impressed with him. That being said, I feel like Tennessee simply got lucky with Heupel. Uh, he he looks like he's going to be the real deal. I mean, first eleven win season. Since 2001, Pickles. I was watching some of those 2001 games on YouTube yesterday. Uh, A little bored at night, and I was watching a little bit when 2001 when Tennessee went down to Florida in the swamp, beat uh, Steve Spurrier, first time beating him in the swamp down there back in 01. I was living in New York City at the time. The game got postponed due to 9-11. I watched Tennessee and a guy named Kelly Washington Pickles uh, beat a Jimbo Fisher offensive coordinator, Nick Saban led uh, LSU team in the regular season. Now they lost the SEC championship game that year. They lost that game, but they did beat uh, that team, in, in and in they they ran Michigan off the field in their bowl game that year. First le- that um, first eleven win season since that team. So, and I think they're going to play pretty well this year. Uh, with Joe Milton there, all those transfers, they're gonna have a veteran offensive line. Milton can sling it like nobody's business. I like the way he played in the Clemson bowl game, beating Clemson soundly. I think he's only gonna get better. Uh, so Tennessee come out, uh, fell in uh, you know, mm-hmm. fell in a pile of crap and uh come out smelling like roses, like my dad would say. You got rid of this Jeremy Pruitt. You paid $8 million to the SEA. And then you got a player, got a coach that helped you beat uh Nick Saban first time at Alabama, uh, snap that long losing streak to Florida, go down to LSU, dismantle them. And of course, you know, Georgia still looks really good. I mean, everybody lost to Georgia last year. They went undefeated. So uh they, they come out pretty good. Uh, I've got some other stories to talk about, but I'll put those stories off as a funny story out of um Fox Sports with Skip Bayless. I'll get to that story probably Thursday. <laughs> that, that Richard Sherman is rumored to uh 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 take over for uh Shannon Sharp there to to, to be a co-host. Of, no, they can't Skip Bayless is so unlikable. They can't find a replacement for him. Now if they want to hire me and pay me 4 million, I'll take a little bit less, you know. I'll go deal with California, but I'd like to kind of, you know, simulcast it from here here in Nashville and argue with Bayless all day because I I know I'll smoke Bayless. I'll pick him on everything, you know. Oh, thank you, Kathy. I appreciate that. Uh, Always good support from Kathy Bowman. Uh, You're the best. Corey, smart dude right there. I told you, Corey, I just caught balls and strikes, man. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not one of these super uh, doomsday guys either. Just try to call it right down the middle. Again, if it was me, I would have went after the guard, Ben Powers, and sized up that offensive line. They went after DeAndre Hopkins instead. May pay off big. I do not think it's going to be a Julio Jones situation. I do think he's got plenty left in the tank. I just don't know how much, and I don't know if Tannehill can get him the ball if this group of young offensive line can give Tannehill three and a half seconds, uh, he don't need an hour, three and a half seconds to get that ball to him. I think he will. I really do. I think he will. I can't wait for the season to start here. Uh yeah, thank you. Uh Kathy. Yeah, yeah. Pickle says, yeah, they beat Florida and Alabama. I mean, that 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 made the whole year there. So, anyways, do not miss tomorrow's show. Funny stories, dramatic story. Very dramatic stories that some of you may have heard, some of you may not have heard. Uh, Talking with a friend of mine, Calvin Thompson, a.k.a. Bubba, and Bubba Jr., his son. Uh, Very interesting uh, show tomorrow. I'll be back Wednesday live going over SEC Media Days. There's no telling what will be in the news Wednesday. So have a good show, or have a good show. Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow, or, uh, well, we'll be on tomorrow recorded program. You haven't seen it, but I'll be back live Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central here on Sports Scope.